So attack as a force for good for us means that uh, the free internet is uh, essentially supported by advertising. It might as well be good ads, right? Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. So joining me on this extra little slice of the podcast, I've got Michael Goldberg, who is my colleague based just outside New York. How close to New York are you, Michael? I'm about 40 miles just out of New York. So it's a great part of New Jersey. So it's easy to get to whether it's New York or even Philadelphia. So that's why we moved here. <laughs> but you are you are a native of New York, right? Native New Yorker. I, I always joke because like, even though I live in New Jersey, I feel like I have to tell people that I'm originally from New York. Um, it's just one of those things when you're from New York, you just tend to do that. <laughs> and your, your accent to me does sound, and look, my untrained British ears, kind of typically New York, but do you, do you, do you have like heritage in kind of, is there an Italian bit there or is it, you know, what, what's, your, what's your background? Uh, so my mother's Israeli, uh, right. and my father's my father's from the states. He, he's Jewish, but uh, so the accent is just really kind of a combination of my mother's Israeli accent and my father's accent from Florida and a little bit of Brooklyn, kind of thrown into the mix. Shows so. my <laughs> ignorance when it comes to to American culture. There we go. Well, look, we've got you on the show today because um, our guest Tommaso is the general manager of Connected Stories. Um, they are an advertising business based actually in Italy, founded in Italy by uh, Tommaso and his father. But they've come to the US um, because they're looking at the market as a really exciting one, especially being in advertising. It's the largest market in terms of consumers. And he talks about the fact there's no fragmentation in this interview that we're about to play here. Um, Europe, you've got to kind of establish yourself country by country. Don't have to do that in the States. And it's, he kind of opens up by talking about elements of why New York is such a great place to be. Look, I just wanted to get a completely biased, unfiltered opinion from you, Michael. Why do you think it's such a great environment for, for growth companies and for businesses coming from Europe? What I love so much about having the opportunity to like work and operate in New York is it, it's such a diverse pool of companies and people and backgrounds, and they bring their own unique uh, expertise, you know, to to the city. And it's amazing how you know there's you when you feel like that you've been exposed to everything and everyone's culture and background, how they approach business. You'd be so surprised where every day you're, there's something new that's brought to the table. Uh, that's what makes New York and working in the city so special. You know, the, the diversity of just businesses, whether it's in finance, tech, healthcare, food and beverage, I mean, it's never ending. And that's what makes it so special. Now, look, in the interview, we're going to get into the subject of ad tech as a force for good. Is that ever a, a phrase that you've heard anyone kind of utter? It's probably kind of cou quite counter to how everyone views ad tech, right? Yeah, you know, it's because so often, like typically, like when I, you know, when people might think of ad tech, it's like, so are you just kind of tracking me and following me wherever I go and when, when I'm on the <laughs> web? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do see the power of it. I mean, I think, though, a lot of times, you know, what it can do for you is when you when it picks up that you have some genuine interest on like what you're trying to possibly do, whether it's in your career or just something on a personal level, um, knowing that it can you then might get exposed to something that you, that you weren't aware of before. Um, that's some of the benefits of, of using something like ad tech and, and that's like the power it can bring. Cause then, you know, the, the companies can then know, like really have a better understanding of what's going to have most value to this, that individual, what's going to have the most positive impact on their life. So I, I do see how, you know, it, it is, how it can be so powerful in, in, in a good way. So I, I think Tommaso, to Tommaso would be delighted with your answer. 
<laughs> well, look, thanks for jumping on just to help me with this, this quick intro uh, to today's podcast. It is a, a Thursday show, a little bit of extra for our listeners out there. As I said, Tommaso, Connected Stories General Manager. We'll hand over to the interview. Michael, thanks for taking a few minutes to join me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You have a good one. I'm joined by Tommaso, General Manager of Connected Stories. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, thanks for having us, David. Really appreciate it. Um, we're here in New York, but you are, of the interviews that I've done today, the first European that I'm talking to. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I can get some recommendations on good places. And funnily enough, my hotel's by Little Italy, so... <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm glad that, you know, some European folks are making their way in the US when it comes to... When it comes to tech, especially advertising technology, it's great to hear. <laughs> Look, before we get into anything else, um, let's start with who Connected Stories are. Give, give us some background. Yeah, I'll give you the, the spiel, as they say here in New York. Um, so we are a creative management platform, uh, very much focused on everything that is uh, video, uh, CTV and all the... Uh, we basically are tasked with sort of like being the bridge between uh, creative and media. So what we do through Connected Stories as a platform is... Uh, we um, utilize uh, data-driven signals in order to personalize uh, um, online video and CTV creatives in real time. Um, we're very agnostic to media, so it makes it very easy for our media partners to, to work with us because uh, they can uh, essentially then distribute uh, our content everywhere. Um, at the same time, the other big piece when it comes to Connected Stories as a creative management platform is very much the creative intelligence, which means all the creative analytics and user behavior associated with interacting with content that we utilize in order to personalize the user experience um, and optimize uh, uh, both the media uh, side and the creative side of the campaign in real time. And you've been brought on to expand and build the business in the US. Um, the company is Italian, um, Originally, what what was the genesis of the business? Uh, that's that's a great question. It's actually fun fact that it's uh, my father and I who started this company. Ah, so it's it's even more interesting. It feels very much like, uh, of course, uh, family is not like running a family business. We we never intended it to be this way. And actually, we uh, recently raised our first round of financing, our seed round in July, which is very exciting. Which uh, uh, at this point doesn't make us anymore a family-owned <laughs> business at all. Uh, so we started the company yes, some uh, six years ago with the idea that uh, um, essentially users were bombarded uh, by the same video content over and over um, and the brand's media um, creative were not necessarily taking the full advantage of uh, everything that um, the internet had to offer essentially, which is uh, personalization, interactivity, um, real-time uh, um, analytics uh, and understanding of user behavior. Um, and it was very early when, when, when we launched this. There was, of course, the idea of DCO. So uh, for people who do not know what DCO is, uh, DCO stands for Dynamic Creative Optimization, which uh, um, it's something that started off some 10, 12 years ago with the idea of uh, personalizing display. I'm sure you, David, have seen all these sort of like... Uh, um, also the retargeting ads, uh, um, essentially popping left and right uh, when you're looking at content and essentially following you. This probably was the sort of like early bad stage of, of DCO, which then evolved over the years and especially probably boomed through the, um, through the pandemic uh, mm -hmm. in the last two years, especially applied to, uh, to the idea of, of video. Now also with CTV being much more utilized when it comes to um, brands to connect with, with, with users. Uh, there is also now the enabling of 
leveraging also on the traditional screens, the traditional home screens, the large screens, the idea of not only buying in a more real-time personalized audience-based mechanism, but also uh, allowing for the addressability to um, start making its way into creatives. And, um, and that's where we saw essentially also Connected Stories uh, expanding and growing in uh, the broader sphere, basically. Yeah, you mentioned there the opportunities of the internet. You also mentioned traditional screens. In terms of a, a focus, is it kind of one and the same? Is there um, more of an emphasis on, on one style of platform over the other? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, w there is still from, a, from a, a media buying perspective. So, And this is one of the challenges that we are oftentimes confronted to, which is media and creative are still working semi-separately, I would say, although some brands and uh, probably like the newer independent agencies as well as the old calls are all trying to make an effort to reintegrate them. And it goes about the same thing when it comes to the different screens, right? The desktop, mobiles, of course, CTV, to sort of like do more of an integrated media buying uh, process. The reality of that is uh, that is still, you know, pretty much fragmented. Uh, so Connected Stories as a great management platform, the idea is also to be able to orchestrate true Connected Stories from as one single hub, this idea of personalizing creative scale in all these different channels without necessarily going through that fragmentation, also from a process and automation standpoint. So why the States? Why now? It's a great question. Uh, uh, largest market by far when it comes to consumers. Uh, um, way less fragmentation from that point of view in terms of uh, expansion for uh, a tech startup like uh, Connected Stories is differently from Europe, for example, where you essentially need to break, uh, you know, region by region, country by country, opening up, well, no more the physical office anymore, but uh, essentially like uh, representation mm -hmm. um, in every single country in order to break it through. Well, that is different from, from the US, especially, I would say, New York, uh, despite... Uh, uh, I would say people moving uh, out of the city. The city remains a great place to do business in, a uh, great place to network, uh, and uh, still, arguably, you know, one of the center of uh, you know economical and, and and financial territory in the world. It feels to me, and this is just an observation. This is my first time in New York. That it has an element of London in pace and urgency and business acumen but a European community flavor to city living. It does. That, that's, that's a great point, especially downtown, I would say. Downtown in uh, New York has a lot of that. Um, but you see a lot of yeah, contamination from not only Europe, but a lot of different uh, you know, uh, countries uh, from, from South America to you know, um, India and, and, and Asia. And this melting pot here is creating great tech. I have many friends who are... Uh, not only in the industry, but also in, in you know in other uh, lines of businesses who come from all over the world. And uh, it's great to see them all in New York doing things together and commingling. And that sparks a lot of ideas, which I would say is very similar to, to London in that, in that particular case, mm -hmm. right? So look, you talked a little bit about the fact that you're working with creatives. Um, just as a, as a quick uh, subject, buyers and creatives are quite different. I would suppose it'd be interesting to know what the challenges are when it comes to bridging those two functions and, and what brings them together and enables them to work in a way that really enables you to deliver on what you're trying to do as a business. 
Okay. Um, no, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, media buying creative not, not being one, it's uh, definitely one of the things that we're trying to overcome and trying to uh, essentially bridge together through the use of, uh, of connected stories. They have, uh, they have had so many different ways to evolve in, uh, over the years, uh, going into different directions. Uh, the old calls, uh, the olden companies, uh, um, have essentially like split media and creative, uh, apart, uh, some 20, 30 years ago. And funny enough, now they try to, to bring them all together, right? They, um, they feel like there is this need as, uh, we are evangelizing, uh, and advocating. And so our competitors are doing in, in a great way. So we appreciate that to actually bring media and creative back together and think of strategies with, you know, shooting content in, in such a way that also the strategic media buying um, comes along and it's actually unified. What's the dynamic of that relationship? Because if, if I think about technology and the business, which is the other kind of big split that we tend to talk about on this podcast a lot, you know, the uh -huh. idea that technology and business speak different languages, the onus is often put on the technologists to speak the language of business. What's that dynamic here between media buyers and creatives? It's interesting because they, they, they actually do speak different languages, right? Uh, creatives are, uh, I would say, still very much obsessed about the big ideas, which is great. Um, but then it always gets translated into what the actual um, sort of like objectives of running campaigns on a daily basis and creating performance are when it comes to media. Um, so it's interesting to see the sort of like now coming together and, uh, or, you know, trying to do so more and more and a connected stories like platform or the other creative management platform out there facilitating that process from an automation standpoint through a data driven personalization and through essentially the idea of not conceiving content as a monolithic element. Uh, cause if you're shooting content as a monolithic element, uh, essentially doing a film, that's, that's what you end up with, right? So like either 30 second, 15 second, longer form, but you never have this concept of uh, modularity, which is what we advocate when it comes to utilizing data in order to influence how creatives are being in real time, sort of like assembled, uh, therefore allowing users for more engaging and personalized experiences. And, you know, might sound cheesy, but the idea is to get rid of bad ads, right? Um, trying to make, uh, you know, the experience uh, entertaining and, uh, um, and useful for the users. Uh, and uh, I mean, one could argue that advertising is, uh, is not as sexy as, as it used to be in a certain way, but it's still like the backbone, for example, of, of the internet. That's what's guaranteeing us to have access to, um, I would say for the majority free, free internet, right? Mm -hmm. So we might as well do it in a way that is compliant with user privacy first, as well as keeping users engaged, uh, entertained, and um, allowing them for some cool direct response opportunity. And look, this is a really big subject, and it'd be great to know how you try and address that balance. Because you talked about uh, monolith. If I use mon the word monolith in a slightly different sense, if you're thinking <laughs> about cinema right now, there are falling numbers of people going to watch films in the cinema. It appears to be this ki kind of um, legacy monolith-style institution, which means more people are watching films at home, we've seen TV spend on things like uh, Amazon's, uh, you know, the, the Rings of Power being the, the, the most expensive series in history. Huge opportunity for advertisers, right? But at the same time, with that risk that you don't want to put users off, 
and, and make them feel concerned about how their data is being used. How do you walk that tightrope? Well, that's, that's a great question. And I mean, for the records, I love going to the movies still. <laughs> so, As do I. Unfortunately, the overall trend would suggest that we might be in a smaller group. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I think we are. I mean, I was the other day watching Triangle of Sadness, uh, the movie that won Ken uh, this summer. It was great. But again, yeah, I mean, the, the, I wouldn't say there was an empty room, but there wasn't many of us. But, you know, jokes aside, um, it, it's interesting, you know, this idea of keeping users entertained while at the same time. Uh, of course, complying with uh, all the privacy regulation that I, I feel like for good reasons are, are being you know, set up in place, although not necessarily cookies are all the evil. There is uh, a, a lot of different elements that should be essentially fixed when it comes to you know, uh, user privacy and overall compliance. Uh, but I would say that, for example, the way we are being approaching this sort of idea of personalization is not necessarily just through personalizing for, for different audiences and therefore utilizing uh, cookies, but it's also utilizing contextual information, right? Uh, where you are uh, in terms of like geo in a sort of like uh, um, very privacy compliant way, more so than uh, weather condition, more so than what you're watching, more so than what you are uh, essentially interested in at that right moment, uh, it's very indicative of the ads uh, and the content that you might also be interested in. Um, and therefore, there is so many ways for brands and media agencies to leverage Connected Stories and all the other platforms out there to allow for this contextual information to inform credit personalization while at the same time being uh, compliant with all the privacy regulations out there. Um, when we were preparing for this, you sent over some information around topics that we could talk about. And one phrase that I'd like to pick out is this idea of ad tech as a force for good. Most people, I suppose, will probably look at ad tech and go, oh, it's that annoying bit that we have to accept if we want to get the content that we want because it has to be paid for in some way. So how do you, how do you frame it so that people do understand that actually ad tech can be something that they can feel positive about? No, this is, uh, I mean, I got to think of a, a smart answer here. But anyway, just the, the idea of ad tech as a force for good is something that uh, Luna and I, Luna, our marketing director, uh, we were thinking of before uh, jumping onto this. And... It's idea that, you know, advertising technology, but in general, as I was saying, is not the sexiest thing, or it hasn't been the sexiest thing, especially because it's always been, uh, or it has been recently associated with uh, the sort of like annoying and interfering experience that essentially pauses the content that you are, um, you know, interested in watching, for example, might be a YouTube video more so than, you know, any of the, um, the HBO shows that we were mentioning or uh, the Amazon shows. But the idea is that the fact that we can um, essentially access uh, uh, good content is also true, thanks, thanks to the, the advertisers, right? The, the advertising content. So attack as a force for good for us means that uh, as we, as essentially like the, 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 the free internet is uh, essentially supported by advertising, it might as well be good ads, right? Uh, and that's how we're thinking of, of the sort of concept of uh, uh, the advertising technology being a force of good, given the fact that through our tech, we can use all this information when it comes to, for example, connected stories to personalize content in um, engaging and entertaining ways so that it's not annoying. For example, one um, thing that we were just uh, thinking of before, you know, uh, jumping onto these and any time that we do any features of connected stories, uh, uh, is we are we're not necessarily interested. For example, myself into being exposed to feminine products. 
So I might as well, for example, give away some of my, uh, a little bit of my information when it comes to myself as a user, just to be exposed to something a little bit more relevant, more interesting, and allow me also to discover new brands, new products that I might be interested in. So that's also sort of like the idea of force for good. I don't know whether I was able to articulate well, but <laughs> that was the sort of idea that, that we have in mind when, when, when we think about that. But you're in this lovely position where you've worked in the tech space in Europe and Italy. You're now working in the tech space in the States. Um, looking at what you've seen, we're going through some challenging times, both from a societal point of view and also from, from a financial point of view at the minute, um, which is going to affect both consumers and business. What concerns you or... Conversely, if you want to talk about positives, what opportunities are there that give you hope that, that tech in particular can be a, a positive force? Oh, I think this is, David, it's a great question. It comes in a very timely fashion, I would say. Uh, it's very interconnected, the sort of uh, uh, good and bad that it's happening these days in, uh, in, uh, in the technology industry as a well. whole. You're seeing so many layoffs going, going on. Uh, Amazon most recently, more so the Twitter and uh, Meta. Um, there is also this uh, um, sort of recession creeping in. Uh, we don't know the extent of it just yet. Uh, but at the same time, you know, all these people that got laid off, uh, they they can go on and, and, and launch some cool companies, right? So this is where we see some some great opportunities, also for smaller startups like like Connected Stories. Uh, um, the larger tech companies uh, are not going to necessarily be able to uh, focus on uh, uh, lots of aspects around innovation, right? And launching new products. They're going to be, you know, be focused on making sure that their, their bottom line is okay. Um, that they're not burning through cash all that much while at the same time allowing for, you know, small tech players to, um, to launch innovative solutions, to keep expanding them, you know, these are definitely interesting times and one might argue that uh, uh, in a recession or in some sort of like economic turmoil, that's where the best companies uh, are actually started. Uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, uh, you had the companies like uh, Uber, for example, more so than, uh, more so than many others just uh, launching because they saw, you know, uh, um, sort of like uh, an opportunity to, to create something cool. and. Uh, the larger tech companies couldn't couldn't afford to jump into that into that space and uh, and we see a lot of that happening also when it comes to creative personalization creative technology in general where uh, the bigger players are not necessarily focused on that at the same time you have uh, uh, you know us more so than uh, other tech uh, creative tech companies in the industry launching some cool products and, and these are hopefully the companies that you'll see you know, in three, four, five years time, really being able to consolidate and uh, um, having their own uh, established voice in the industry and also competing with, with, with the larger tech companies that are now laying off all, uh, all these employees uh, all of a sudden. Well, look, I want to appreciate, sorry, I want to thank you rather for your time today. It's really appreciated. Uh, I hope that the continued expansion in the US goes well. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it, David. You're always... Uh, you know, welcome in New York anytime now. So <laughs> glad chatting with you and uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it.